Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been the the Black Country Blokes, chewing the fat about everything it is, mental health, disability and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, Lee Cabman. And today we're joined by the magnificent Alice Hendy from the wonderful organisation Ripple Suicide Prevention. Now you might recognise Alice, we had her on, was it last year we had you on? Yeah, it was last year, um, quite a while ago though now. And it's funny, you know, in that year, I mean, all the wonderful things you've gone on to do. And But before we go into what you are now starting as this, this wonderful worldwide legacy, We've changed it slightly the show since you were last on here. We'd like to remind ourselves what we're grateful for. Just something I think is very overlooked in uh, nowadays because we always think about, and this is suicide related and depression, anxiety. Reminding ourselves of the things that we're grateful for, even if we're at this time. Me, I'm feeling very grateful for me and Lee are on the main stage, Black Country Radio. We have our own show on Black Country Extra on Thursdays, but I'm grateful that we've got a shot to go on the main stage this Thursday, so please join us. Lee, what are you grateful for, brother? Oh, I'm grateful for the, the surgeons, anaesthetists and nurses that looked after my daughter yesterday in her, in her surgery and, and got her home safely to us. And Al, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my football team, West Ham United who bring me joy every week at the moment. <laughs> You're talking to two blokes who know absolutely nothing about football. Good, so you can't, you can't um, challenge me on that comment. <laughs> I'm sure they're wonderful. <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I mean, back to this uh, with yourself. I mean, you were just really starting it off in uh, 2021, is it, that you started this? Yeah, so it's about January time, 21, so just over a year ago. And to be honest, back then it was just really an idea. I just had a bit of a concept, really, that I thought could work and that I thought could make a difference. And it was just me trying to make it happen, really. So since that point in the last, you know, 13, 14 months or so, it's just blown up, Um thanks to some amazing volunteers that have helped me make it happen. So, yeah, completely different stage to where I was last time I, I spoke to you both. But, I mean, what people don't realise, and we, we talk about this a lot on the show, and I mean, if I probably would, people see what's in front of them. They see you are on GB TV and you've been on ITV and BBC mm-hmm. and all these wonderful things. But people don't realise the hard work that goes on behind scenes and the realism of it is you're a volunteer like we're volunteers and when you put when you're working full time and god forbid you have a social life and you put all this in it's it, it, it's so i mean it's for such a valid cause but there's a lot of blooming hard work isn't there oh the i mean i don't need to tell you both how hard it is to to run 
you know a charity or a community group it's just absolutely relentless um you know I, i've got a full-time day job and then I, as you like you guys i i volunteer and and have created this this charity really from scratch mm. so yeah i mean it isn't just a case of just appearing on the news right you've got all of the legwork that goes on behind the scenes that nobody knows about um and I, and to be honest a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't really appreciate um because unless you've actually done it you don't realize the absolute maximum amount of workload that goes into it behind the scenes and i often say to people when they want to be come up we'll get into uh, what you actually do in a bit but i want to speak up for all volunteers because it's remarkable when i have people who come to the lines boxing club my home then you know which i run and it's i want to be a coach and i went it's great just turning up and doing a bit but you don't understand how many weekends and how many evenings and how many parties you'll miss out on and it's it's its own reward and the remarkable stuff that we've done with the black culture blows you're doing with suicide prevention is brilliant but to be a volunteer there's got to be something a bit wrong with you because you throw everything into it don't you if you do it correctly literally everything um solidly for the last 14 months i've put my whole life into this um because really i've just got such a passion to stop it to stop what i've had happen to me happen to anyone else and you know if you've got that fire in your belly you you've got that drive to make it happen but my god is it hard work well talking about that al if you don't mind i mean i know you've told a story so often and that in itself is quite a bit difficult reliving it all the time yeah it can be um it, it depends kev really on the day um i know i know that sounds really silly but some days i i can talk about um josh and, and what's happened to, to my family really quite easily without any emotional i'm, I'm emotion i'm separating myself really from the topic mm. and there's uh, you know the next day i could do it and i'm really quite impacted by it and feel really sad talking about it and and struggle and and to be honest that reflects my my kind of emotional state really on a day-to-day -day basis you, i just never know what i'm going to wake up and and get um you know i wouldn't say i'm i ever wake up and think oh i'm really happy today um but i certainly have more better more good days than than bad now um you know, when I last spoke to you, it was pretty much 90% bad days and maybe the odd day where I'd manage a smile or so. So it, it can vary, yeah, but it can be quite draining talking about something so personal and so traumatic all of the time. Could I ask you, when, when we initially spoke to you, which it seems like a lifetime ago, <laughs> yeah. that year has gone so far, but obviously Josh died in November 2020 didn't he, he passed away and and I think we had our initial conversation in the in the January where 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 we we spoke over the phone to begin with and I remember thinking at the time my god that's a that's that's a soon that's soon I thought you you're so brave to be coming on and speaking about this so soon and when it's so raw but do you, have you found as that year's gone on that doing what you do now with Ripple has kind of been a, a therapy process for you going and helping other people and is that helping you in return uh massively massively to the extent where if i'm really honest with you um i don't think i'd actually be here if i didn't have ripple um especially in those first few months it it gave me a reason to open my eyes in the morning and to to do something uh to be honest 
Um, because, yeah, l- losing somebody to suicide is just absolutely beyond comprehension. I, c- I can't even put it into words how horrendous it is. Um, so, yes, I would say Ripple, as well as saving other people online, uh, it's probably saved my life as well. Because I think, like, I mean, it's been uh, not even a year and a half. And grief is a funny old bugger, isn't it? It's uh, it, it comes in waves and some days... I'm not going to say it's easy, easier to manage. It doesn't go away. Um, but, and I think how, how insensitive people can be sometimes when they talk about it. And it's just a, a bombardment of inconsiderate questions. And I'm thinking this was someone's life that's gone. And it's not, it's not just that one life that's ended. It's so many lives that have been affected. So talk about it with a bit of kindness, if that makes sense. It does. And don't get me wrong, there's some there's some, you know, people and organizations who have been really, really respectful of that and very sensitive around how they ask questions and the language used and so on. Um, and I'm not one to, you know, kick up and make a fuss about things. But yeah, you're right. hundred percent. I've had a number of incidents over the last year or so where People have asked me questions, and I and I I just think, are you are you being serious that you've just asked me that? I mean, come on! Even the coroner that we had for Josh's inquest asked me at the beginning the most horrendous question, um, and I just thought it's education. It's all around education, and people aren't educated, unfortunately. Um, and they're not going to be, sadly, until this has actually happened to them. And that that in itself, because um, obviously you you wish upon them knowledge. However, you don't wish upon the way they'd have to learn it. Exactly that. Um, and, you know, that's that's easy for me to say, isn't it? Because I've been through this and, and I've now made sure that I'm educated on it. Was I educated on this before I lost Josh? No. Why would I be? Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess what I'm what I'm saying here is we need to make sure that we are actually educating ourselves on it. Um, irrelevant of whether you've actually been through something like this or not, to be honest. Um, and I should have done that. I should have done that before uh, I lost Josh. It, it's it's like going back to that comment, isn't it? And it, it, it doesn't impact you unless it's actually happened to you you don't realize the extent of something until it's actually happened to you Uh, and that's the same for a number of things it could be cancer it could be an illness that you've had and so on um alice i found i found that exactly myself um obviously my youngest daughter has a severe disability and i and previous to her being born i i was working um basically selling disability equipment so i'll go around people's houses all the time assessing equipment and I thought I knew, I thought I knew what it was like because I was going around and seeing, you know, seeing all these people day in, day out. And it wasn't until she was born, I realised I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue mm. about what it was like to bring up a child with disability. And it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? You don't, so, so you feel like, yeah, I've got a gauge on it because it's it's around me. But then you you wake up when it actually happens to you. Yeah, 100%. And, and this is no different at all. Um, but I think with you know, the the way the world is now and the focus that's now being rightly put on mental health, we now need to make it our business to to learn more about it and to get an understanding of it and to be, um, 
understanding around you know the impact that poor mental health can have on on people including sadly suicide well someone said this to me the other day went until you have been through a mental health crisis yourself be it yourself your loved one until you've been through it yourself you don't you don't realize it's everywhere and then when when you have had it or it's brought into your life you see it in a queue in the supermarket you see it in your office place and once you're made aware of something you see it in everyone in your parents and your children and your loved ones and mental health has been around there since humans have been about probably but i think with the pandemic if you had mental health problem if you didn't have mental health problems you've been brought aware of it if you had mental health problems it's from petrol on it and i think rightly or wrongly people are very aware of it now so hopefully we can start making changes to how we perceive it does that make sense yeah exactly it's like if i said to you now kev okay i want to buy a red car at the weekend mm. every time i go out i'm going to notice the red car mm. i'm going to notice red cars on the road that wouldn't have been the case if I'm not looking for for it. Mm. And and it's similar with mental health, you know, unless you've actually either experienced it firsthand or have experienced living with somebody that's that's struggling or you've lost somebody, you know, in this way, um, then, you know, you're not going to really no notice it as much as perhaps you should. Um, and there's lots and lots of warning signs, isn't there, that you can that you can pick up on to establish if somebody is struggling. But equally, that there, there could be some people out there who are struggling that really hide it. Um, well, and, you know, my brother was one of those people. Well, I think that's with mental illness. Anyone out there who's suffering now listening to this, often we are very good at hiding it. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, you know. I'm and it's those poor souls who do such a good job at hiding it then go to the extreme of doing something about it. Yeah, exactly that. And that th those are the individuals that we need to be trying to support before they get there. So things like this, having a, a podcast to talk about it, you never know who might be needing to listen to this out there. And that could be all it takes. It's just trying to normalise the topic. It's trying to... Make it something that you speak about every day. It, it's workplaces putting in extra measures to support people who might be struggling. There's so much that we can do that might just encourage somebody to reach out and have that conversation before they take those, you know, extreme steps um, and, you know, quite permanent steps. And and that's the idea behind Ripple, isn't it? That it's... Um... It alerts you to another way before you, you go too far. Yeah, exactly that. So Ripple is a piece of technology. It's a browser extension. You can download it on Google Chrome. You can download it on Microsoft Edge browsers. And once it's been downloaded, if somebody then searches on that machine for self-harm or suicide-related content, of which we've got about 35,000 words and phrases, um, in, in the back end of the tool, then Ripple is presented to that person. And it comes up with, at the, at the beginning, a short breathing exercise, which has been statistically proven to help that person reset what it is they're thinking. 
And then it comes up straight away with a selection of different mental health resources that that person can utilise. And the key word there is selection. You know, it isn't just one helpline that exists. It's not just the NHS that exists. It's not just Samaritans that exists. There are some amazing organisations out there that you can utilise and access to help you in a way that suits you. Um, so, yeah, that's what the technology is. It's I launched it on the 10th of September, which was World Suicide Prevention Day. And uh, since then, it's now been downloaded 110,000 times. So there's clearly, you know, a massive demand for this. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's, um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic work you're doing. It's great that you do have that selection on there as well. And I think it's great that that highlights those selections because we spoke about it many times. There's quite a lot of help out there, but people aren't aware of it. I think that's, you know, getting the message out there that, yes, there is all these places you can use and you can go to these and they will they will help you out. And and you also have a selection of ones that you think would be suited to what you're going through instead of just a couple that may or may not work for you. Yeah, exactly that. So, you know, you could have one person who thinks, Do you know what, I'm really open about this and I'm struggling with my mental health and I want to talk about this openly to other people that are also struggling. So for them, you know, there might be a local support group that they want to, to attend. But then on the other hand, you might get somebody who thinks, right, I'm really struggling, but I don't want anybody to know about this. So they might want to use a confidential text service that they can access without anybody knowing. So it's about choice and variety, because as you said, there's so much support out there. It's just trying to find what support is best for you. And that you know the support that's that you're most comfortable with actually receiving as well i mean what what amazed me when we talked was like if you type in self-harm or suicide there's more sites that'll pop up straight away encouraging you to do it or showing you how to do it than showing you help from doing it yeah and without boring you and, and your listeners um the, the government are releasing something called an online safety bill very soon. And the idea is that when that comes out, they're going to be holding, the government are going to be holding social media companies um, and organisations to account if they host this harmful material. So at the moment, what happens is somebody has to report something to, to whatever organisation it is for it to be looked into. Going forward these companies are going to have to be proactive in actually trying to remove this content before it's, it's reported and before it becomes a problem. So it's a good move from the government. It's a step in the right direction. Is it enough? No, it's not. At the moment, this just covers social media companies. It needs to cover websites, forums, where this material is also present. But it is a step in the right direction. And that's thanks to people like yourself, though, well, because people like myself, who's I'm, I don't, I'm not a computer guy, I would just naturally assume that that that's the way anyway. That's that kind of stuff should be taken down. But by people like yourself, it is now starting to happen, and nothing happens overnight. So hopefully, in a year, two years, ten years, we will be far better than we are at this moment. I really hope so. Um... It's it needs to be a really collaborative effort between the government, between 
all of the mental health charities that are doing some amazing work. And I'm not talking the big ones here. I'm actually talking about the people that are starting new charities, the, the grassroots mm. charities that are doing huge amounts of really tangible work um, because they're living this on the ground every day. You know, you see it every day in what you guys do. I see it every day in, in what I do, sadly. Um, and we're the people that actually get under the covers of this topic, to be honest. So, yeah, the government need to listen to us. They have done. Um, but as I said, although it's a step in the right direction, it, in my opinion, it needs to go one step further. And I think that's what happens. Change only happens if we make the change happen. Yeah, exactly that. But certainly with this new bill in place, the internet will be safer than it is currently, which is only it can only be a positive, can't it? And I think what you said earlier, and I saw it on your interview today, the simple things like a breathing te uh, technique can be, it sounds so simple, breathe. You know, we breathe all the time. We haven't got to think about it. But by breathing in a in a calmer, better mindset can change my thoughts, can't it? Would you like to explain that for us? Yeah. So when, after you've downloaded Ripple onto your computer and you then conduct one of those harmful searches on this topic, before my uh, social media, sorry, my mental health services are presented to that person we do have that short breathing exercise and people can't get off of that breathing exercise they have to sit there and, and really what it's trying to do is to make that person pause mm. stop think about what they're searching for mm. think about what it is they're actually doing and then they're pre presented with those mental health organizations that they can get support with and i think that's really important because Sometimes people act on impulse and sometimes things might be so bad that you think, oh, do you know what? I've had enough. I've completely had enough here. And you just do it on impulse. Um, and I believe, honestly, my brother did that. So if I can interrupt that process and force that person to just stop, even for a couple of seconds, it might just make a difference and they might be more inclined to go away and get some support. For those who haven't um, haven't seen your first episode, would you mind? Um, I know I, I said, uh, would you mind telling us a, a bit about Josh, please? Yeah, I'd love to. So, Josh uh, was my younger brother. Um, so there was about a seven and a half year age gap between us. He was my only sibling. Um, grew up together in a small village um, on the south coast. Hence why I don't have the same accent as you guys. <laughs> and, we can't know uh, with that lucky, can we? <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he was just, uh, he loved his music. We went to loads of concerts together. Um, we were really close. We used to go away on weekends together to different European cities. I made the mistake of taking him to Amsterdam for his 18th. <laughs> what a stupid idea and venue that was. Um, so he was just life and soul, really Re always happy go lucky boy, popular, you know, so somebody that you never think this would happen to, to be honest. And that, that's often a sad thing, isn't it? It's like, uh, as I say, it's the people who you're not looking at because you're thinking he or she hasn't got, you know, you, you, they have bad days, but they're always just them, aren't they? They've got it together. 
Yeah, and and it's often those people that you need to worry about the most. Mm. I have to say, it's the ones that give that give off that exterior that everything's okay and they're doing well and you know their their life's going going good. You know, is it is it really? It's not just about all of those lovely pictures that you see on Instagram where they show that they're having a fantastic life and everything's going well for them. Quite often, that really isn't the case, actually. Um, so, yeah, it, it can really vary. Because there's loads of different slogans. It's okay not to be okay and ask twice. But what would you... What would Because, you, you know, there's no right or wrong thing. I know we all love to think. But if, if you were to... Ask Lee, what would you what would you recommend basically out there? Would you like because we, we all need to make sure that we're okay, reach out to people, but what would you tell someone to do? Personally, and I mean look, I'm not a mental health professional here, um, but from my own personal experience, I would say no matter how hard it is, make sure that you find somebody to be honest with about how you're feeling. And that could be your partner, it could be your mum, it could be your dad, uh, it could be your puppy like I do sometimes. Mm. You know, whoever whoever it is that you feel comfortable with, try to, to make that time to actually say, look, I'm struggling a bit at the minute. Because that could be all it takes for that person to then, you know, check in with you, do something with you that might lift your mood, anything at all. But... I know it's easier said than done. I know it's hard to, to talk about things, especially of such a difficult subject. But I, I can't recommend it enough, really, um, because without talking about it, bottling up your emotions is, is not good for anybody. And to anyone out there who might be thinking, well, I want to ask Lee, however he might bite me head off, what would you tell that person? Yeah, it, I think... You, you're never going to get you're never going to get um, turned away. I don't think if you, if you're actually honest about your feelings, mm. you know. And and if you do, then they're not the right person to be approaching. To to be honest with you, um, I think on the whole, especially now with this new movement online of you know be kind and and so on, and people are just more aware of it. If you were to say to somebody, look, I'm really struggling, I think they'd be. Mm you know, supportive, respectful of that and, and try to go out of their way to help you. Because at the end of the day, what you don't want to happen is for, for you to, to fob it off and then that person ends up doing something that unfortunately you can't come back from. So it's about giving people that time and being respectful of how they're actually feeling and helping them out. And I think like what I was trying to say is like, and I think sometimes we don't want to ask are you okay in case I offend you? But just by asking, are you okay? You're giving that person a chance to talk. You are. And that's what it's all about. And lots of people say, oh, well, um, you know, if you just take suicide as an example, if, if you talk about suicide to somebody, you're putting the topic in their head and, you know, you're putting the idea in their head. That is not correct. Mm. That's, that's a, a huge myth. And, and misconception. In actual fact, if you think somebody is really struggling and you open up the topic about suicide, what you'll often find is that person is relieved, mm. relieved to have been asked about it. And actually, again, like you've just said, Kev, 
open up that conversation and give them the confidence to actually say, oh, do you know what? Actually, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. Well, we've had that personally. We, by opening up the conversation, we've stopped people by going down that route because it's it's no longer the elephant in the room. It's no longer the, the hidden secret. It's addressed. So yeah. now what can we do moving forward with it? it? Exactly. And the only way you're going to move forward if you are having those thoughts is to get that support and to put those plans in place, whatever they may be, to help you out. So for me, you know, I know for sure that going on a, a walk every day makes a massive, massive difference to my mental health, um, you know, noticeably so from other people even. So it, it's at the time, you know, do you think I want to get up in the morning and go for a walk? No, I don't. I, I, at the time, I couldn't think of anything worse. I just want to hide under under the duvet all day, to be honest. I don't want to go out. I don't want to have to put clothes on. I live in my pyjamas now. You know, I, I just don't want to do it. But once I'm actually out and I'm doing it and I'm out in the fresh air and so on, it, it makes a massive difference. And after I've done it, it makes a massive difference as well. So whatever it is that you need to do to get through it, try and do it. Try and, and make that effort because... Although it's hard, it will have a positive impact. Well, we said that about the gym, don't we? It's like finding your yeah. medicine. And I think we can all relate to that, can't we? You've, it's cold, it's dark, it's wet. Oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, I can't. And then when you get there, be it endorphins or the, the act of I've achieved something, it gives you that pat on the back, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, and it is about achieving something. I mean, in the aftermath of losing Josh... For me, I would have achieved something if I actually got out of bed mm. at that at that particular time. And I think, God, you know, yesterday I didn't. I stayed in bed in my bedroom in the dark all day. And today I've actually got up and watched telly for a few hours. That is an achievement for me personally at that time. You know, now obviously it's, it's, it's slightly different. Uh, I'm not saying I don't still struggle because I do, but it, it's small steps that can make a difference. But bereavement, grief, has that, doesn't it? Sometimes it can be, some days you can have a great day and then it, you f almost feel like you're betraying them by having a laugh and it hits you with a body shot. Other days it's just a black cloak that you can't escape from, but it has grief, bereavement, whatever you want to call it, has so many different faces, doesn't it? so many so so many it's it's just so much more complicated and complex than losing a loved one to natural causes um and i'm not downplaying you know losing a loved one to natural causes because that can be really really tough for so many people and you know i've been there myself but i can tell you after losing someone to natural causes and to suicide there is literally no comparison i'm afraid um, there are so many additional feelings that you have to deal with after you've lost someone to suicide that perhaps you don't experience um, elsewhere. Um, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, to be honest with you, which is why, you know, every single day I'm working to try and stop it happening to any other families. I always remember you saying that to us and it, it stuck with me and I've, I've said it to people before. It's a different kind because... It's as much as you love that person. It's how could that 
how could they do that? And let, does that make, have I said that? Yeah, right? 100%. It, it's, you know, there are days when, to be honest with you, if Josh was in front of me, I'd give him a good slap, Kev. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm absolutely fuming at him. You know, how could he do this to us? Mm. Other days, I'm just overwhelmed with sadness mm. that he felt like that was his only route. Mm. Other days, I feel complete guilt around the things I should have picked up on, the things I should have said, what, you know, what I could have done to, to help make his, his life better for him. Um, you know, so... It re it really is just a, a whole whirlwind of, of emotion. And I have to say, even now, you know, 14 months down the line, like I mentioned earlier, I don't know what I'm going to wake up with each day at the moment. You know, some some days I'm 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 angry and, and some days I'm I'm sad and some days I'm guilty and you never know what you're going to wake up with. I suppose. So, that, sorry, that feeling of kind of. You're saying guilt, and and you think if you think if someone dies of natural causes, the majority of the time there's you, you feel you like there's nothing you could have done about it. If you're yeah. yeah, whereas that, even though there's probably nothing you could have done anyway, you still have that playing through your mind that I could have done something. That helplessness is is not there. Yeah, you you could have massively, and for me, with my personal experience here, I was the last person he spoke to on the phone that night. He called me at 1.19 a.m. in the morning and I spoke to him and that was his last conversation and that haunts me because I think well why didn't I know what he was about to do why didn't I pick up on those signs what could I have done what could I have said that might have made him change his mind at that moment but I had no idea mm. I had absolutely no idea and so there are times when I beat myself up about that but there are other times when I think, no, Alice, actually, you can only work with what you know. And if you didn't know what was going on, how could you possibly have said the right thing at that, at that moment in time? But, you know, that changes. And that's a that's a constant battle that, unfortunately, I have to live with every day. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough, Lee. I imagine that. I mean, Abe just explained that so beautifully. I imagine there's our listeners out there who can fully, can fully identify with that. And it's funny how your brain works because the rational part of your brain is how can I blame myself for not knowing? But then there's the, the part of us when we're absorbed by the guilt and hate and sadness that blames ourselves. But from, you know, th there was nothing you could have done in that situation, especially when people are phoning you at that time in the morning, you're thinking, you're naturally instincts, oh, piss off. <laughs> And well, yeah, I was half asleep, to be yeah. honest with you. And I look back on it now and, and I just think he was calling me at 119 in the morning. Why didn't that why didn't that, you know, trigger something in me to think, oh, something's not quite right here. But I didn't. Hmm. You know, I didn't because he was a night owl. He was a 21 year old lad. Hmm. I just thought oh, he might have been out on the on the beers. I think you that's know. what my, most people would think, even even if that happened to me now. Well, maybe different now, just because I've heard your story and, and what we're going through. That, are, But I probably looked at it, oh, well, it's one in the morning, you know, that person, yeah. drunk, that person, yeah. that, you know, I've called them back in the morning. Yeah. And you fully expect to do that, don't you? You don't, there's no... Of course you do. Yeah. yeah, of course you do. But unfortunately, you know, after that phone call, the next part of what happened was 
my parents coming in my bedroom and telling me that the police are here and that I don't have a brother anymore, mm. to, to be honest with you. And, and that is, you know, the sequence of events. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just so desperately sad. Um, and so, you know, the great work that you guys are doing and all of the other amazing charities out there that are working, you know, day and night, often on a voluntary basis, not getting paid for this. We're doing it because we want to do it and because we want to help people. Um, and thank God, really, for organisations like like yourselves, because it, it will stop this happening to other people. It's great that you're leaving a legacy behind for Josh that's going to go, you know, yeah, I'll think about, again, my own daughter, and I'm not really bothered about the kind of fame and the the stuff that's behind the black country blokes in that terms it really don't bother me but what it does give me a chance to do is talk about it. my daughter who's absolutely amazing and fantastic and hopefully people will learn from her and our experience and i think the same with josh his his legacy is now living on so although it's a tragic 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 event and it cost him life at least now it's saving people because of it yeah and like you you know the whole purpose of Ripple is for Josh, the whole thing. You know, it wouldn't exist without him. It just so happens that my story is the one that's brought this technology to, to the forefront, really, for people to utilise. Um, you know, yes, I'm I'm the face of, of the charity because I'm the one going out and doing the talking and promoting it, but I couldn't care less about mm if it's me or one of my amazing volunteers that that's in front of, of the camera, it's, it's not about that. This is about trying to stop this happening to other people. It's not about branding. It's not about money. Um, you know, I don't care about any of it. All I want to do is stop any other sisters feeling how I feel. And how can they find you? So I am on uh, social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, uh, Ripple Suicide Prevention. My website is ripplesuicideprevention.com. Um, there's loads of information on there from Josh and his story to the amazing, amazing volunteers that work tirelessly behind the scenes on Ripple and the tech wouldn't exist without them. Um, they're just awesome, amazing humans, to be honest. Um, as well as instruction videos, how to download Ripple. You know, it takes 60 seconds to do it. If you're a parent listening to this, please, please do it because you just do not know what your young person might be looking at on the internet, uh, you know, and making those plans until it's too late. So please, please download this. It's free. I'm not asking for anything and you never know who it might save. Uh, companies can download it as well, can't they? As far as aware, um, Alice. Yeah, companies can download it. Um, for the, the big ones, you know, the, the the kind of big banks that have got millions and billions of pound turnover each year, I'm asking them for a donation to my charity in the form of a subscription fee. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, this is a piece of tech. It's available on laptops and computers at the moment. I've got to get this out on mobiles and tablets. I've got to do it because that is where young people are. They're fixated on these devices. To do that, I need money. I need funding to make it happen. So the only people I ever charge for this are the companies and the businesses that, to be frank, can afford it. And it's a drop yeah. in the ocean for them. And isn't that right? You know, and it's, it's these people who should be funding this because the force of it, being a daddy myself, 
my little girls are only little now and you see her on the tablet and you don't know what they're really watching especially a blind old fool like myself yeah and it, it, it petrified me you know when my kids so much your kid now and old and what they could be looking at and our kids aren't always going to tell mommy and daddy and what they're going through and we need something put in place so if anyone is out there listening and you've got your stroppy teenage kid and we don't know if it's just been a stroppy teenage kid but if we've got something there and it can either alert us or give them the tools to stop the cells from doing it surely we should all be doing it downloading this thing 60 seconds it's not going to cost you anything if you have got money invest in this kind of thing because it not only saves that life it saves a community's life doesn't it alice yeah exactly that and you know without kind of doing a, a promotion here, um, I have to give a bit of a shout out to my my company that I work for. So I mentioned at the beginning, I've got a full-time day job working in cybersecurity for an insurance firm called QBE Insurance. They have just been unbelievable and they are one of the businesses that have deployed Ripple across thousands of their machines at once and financially backed Ripple as well. They're, they're just an incredible organization and they're, they're going above and beyond. They're putting that layer of protection in place and it's a silent layer of protection. Mm. You know, we, we don't capture any personally identifiable information from this. We're not allowed to, I can't say John based in this office has just searched for this mm. as much as I'd like to trust me. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, it, it, it's a, Someone described it the other day as a, an ever-present online guardian, which I thought was quite nice because it just catches you when you're at your most vulnerable point and tries to encourage you to go a different route. And, and that really is what it is. And we all need help, don't we? This, this myth of I'm a self-made man and I don't need... We all need help. Beyond every success story, there has been help. Beyond every... Uh, sad time there's been someone to help them so please accept the help because you're worth it yeah a hundred percent you know get rid of the the male bravado i don't need help i'm a i'm a man i need to man up get rid of it it's it's just if anything you're much much stronger if you actually ask for help and get that support well Al, it's been lovely having you on again so thank you, and hopefully we'll do it again before next year. And what? Where do you want to? Where's your dream to get Ripple to next? For me, we've got to get this on mobiles and tablets um, as soon as possible, really. So I think that is the the next priority for me. In the meantime, as many schools, colleges, universities, parents as I can possibly get need to install this for free. I need some businesses to get behind me and back me and say, look, this is something that I believe in and, and I want to invest in. And together we'll save lives. Well, Al, I don't know if you remember how we used to do this, but have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? Cool. I should have remembered this from last time, shouldn't I? <laughs> um I'm going to stick with what I the theme that I did at the beginning around West Ham and say I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs> well, thank you as always for coming on. Um, so, Thanks, guys, man. we will see you all soon. So, I hope you've enjoyed it. Take care of yourselves and each other.
to Rarabit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, right, Al. Thanks, guys. Was that all right? Thank you.